whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 98. We are two episodes away from 100 episodes of this show. I've got some stuff planned, a lot of thank yous, a lot of people to talk about, talk to. But today we have what seems to be a recurring theme on this show is bringing my boy, Jackson Malone, host of JEM Live, close to 15K subscribers. He has been on that grind this summer even though the NFL decided, you know what, we're just not going to have any content until now. And that's why he's here. We're here to talk about some NFL training camp storylines. We're going to cover Julio Jones signing with the Bucks. We're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence having a great start to camp and why what we're expecting from the year two quarterbacks, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, their quarterback battle has officially begun. And then why Kyler Murray is reporting to study hall, all of that and more. So Jackson, today, <laughs> we're, Kyler Murray, what I cannot wait to talk about, we got to talk about the 45-year-old seems to age like wine, fine wine, Tom Brady getting another weapon in Julio Jones. It didn't exactly work out in Tennessee. I don't know if necessarily it was a scheme fit or Julio just couldn't stay healthy. It seems like ever since he's left Atlanta, it's just been a complete, it's just not been trending the right way. Maybe this is the start, getting a guy like Tom Brady who can get the best out of his receivers, best out of his guys, got a guy that can get 50-50 balls. Certainly that catch radius is insane. What do you, what was your initial opinion of it when the news broke? So first of all, thank you so much for having me on. It does seem like a regular thing now. Could not be happier to be back on. But since I've lost talk or last time I talked to you, first I got to say congratulations on the internship at Clemson, clemsonsports.com. Absolutely killed ACC Media Day. Great questions, great articles. If you haven't oh. checked that out, what are we doing? But congratulations to you since uh, I haven't been on since uh, we last talked about that or since that happened. But it is football time. I know, like you said, could not be more excited. But with Julio Jones to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I was honestly pretty surprised about this because I was talking about in a video of mine that I was making about where they're going to go. And I didn't want to overthink it because all signs just kind of pointed to why wouldn't he go to the Colts, right? Matt Ryan, very familiar. It's a need at the position. They could probably pay him a lot more. And he came even, I even came out and said that he did get offered more by other teams like the Packers, like the Colts, like the Saints. And a lot of those made more sense to me. But as the story is all this time, we got to remember this for next season. We just have to assume that any key free agent is going to end up going with Tom Brady. I thought it was a Patriot thing because it happened for all of those years. Just a guy that everyone thinks thinks is just a year or two out of their prime that they don't want to pay comes in and absolutely comes back to a resurgence. So I do think this makes a lot more sense the more I kind of sat back and thought about it. And I don't know why I overlooked it, even though I think the best teams in the NFL right now are in the AFC, it is absolutely loaded. So if he is going for a ring, thinking back on things, it makes a lot of sense that he wants to go to an NFC team and then Tom Brady being there. Uh, I, I mean, it's a little confusing why he didn't go with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, because that kind of seems more like you'd get like more attention there. Um, but I mean, I, I didn't see enough in Tennessee to make me think he's not going to be a guy anymore. That was probably the worst system for him because that kind of takes a receiver's route tree and just like limits it. And what Julio Jones is so good at is not having a route tree. He can run every single route on it. And then he got hurt before he really got to see what his season was going to be all about. But I think this was a huge pickup for the Bucks, even though I do not agree with the narrative that this is their best offense that they've had yet. Yeah, it seems like they, they, especially with guy like Gronkowski, the safety blank in the end zone, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, who were younger two years ago, and certainly like 
it felt like Tom Brady too. We say that Tom Brady was younger and it seems like the older he gets, just the more insane he plays, but saying that this is potentially their best offense, especially when we just got the news today that Ryan Jensen, Ryan Jensen, their center might be out for the count for the the entire season. And their line's going to have to do a complete shift, which really worries me, especially for a quarterback like Tom Brady. That's not really famously known to make moves outside the pocket. He is squarely planted on his feet. He's not going to be moving too much. So we're going to see how that develops as training camp begins. Excuse my door just slammed or something like that. I don't know. But I like Julio Jones to the Bucks. I think it gives him a quarterback that they're going to be definitely more pass heavy. They're definitely going to not be running with Derrick Henry or that mix of running backs that they had once he went down. But I'm excited to see it, especially in a division where you're going to play the Falcons. Well, the Falcons with their corners, it might be the revenge game, quote unquote, for Julio. Sure. But playing the Panthers, weaker weaker opponents on the Bucks schedule, it's going to be give Julio a time to – get settled and have a guy like Brady who can say, Hey, I need you to go do this because he pretty much at this point is the de facto offensive coordinator with Todd Bowles running the ship. Now it's basically his way or the highway. So like, you know, Julio bump this play, go run that. And he'll just chuck it up to him. So I'm excited to see how this thing works. It's one of the more explosive receivers. And especially you mentioned the new England stuff. Patriots fans have been dying for Julio Jones to get up to new England. So yep. I know that seeing them, seeing him go down to Tom Brady, it's a little bit of a stab to the heart for sure. Yeah, no, I totally understand that. And like, like you said, I feel like you even like underestimated how good this offense was back in 2020, because you didn't mention there's no more AB, no more OJ Howard, no more Rojo. Uh, Chris Godwin is coming off an injury and ACL tear that he had in early January. But I think this is exactly what the Bucks needed to kind of get them back into that. We still have the top weapons around the league. Um, but yeah, I think Julio is going to have a season that, and I was so high on him going into Tennessee. And this is why when he was a, uh, when he was a free agent last year, he was going to go, I was like, okay. Or he kind of wanted his work his way out of Atlanta. I was like, all right, who is going to pick him up? Because this is going to be game changing. And so this is so still so huge. And I wasn't convinced enough that he's not the guy after everything we saw in Tennessee. So this is exactly, and of, of course, of course he went down to Tom Brady. (laughs) We'll see how it works. We will see. I, I, the one thing before we move on, I do think that Julio benefits from going to a a receiving core that is a little more crowded. You got guys like Scotty Miller, who's established there, Chris Godwin, who is still pretty talented. Mike Evans, who's going to be a monster as usual. That attention, especially in a pass-heavy offense, that might draw some attention away from Julio. And then out of nowhere, oh, he makes a catch here. He makes a catch here. We'll see. And but, and he knows that too, because yeah. it, I mean, it's so clear that he wants a ring and having that mindset is so great for a team where it's like the team, the team, the team, he could have gone where he could have had the most production and probably got another payday. He could have gone somewhere where he got the most money, but he chose not to do that. And in this interview, he was so self-aware. He's like, I called Tom was like, Hey, is there room in there? And he's like, I'm not trying to step on any toes. I'm trying to do whatever it takes. And it just kind of feels like a situation where the bucks are going to make the playoffs. Julio Jones is probably going to take 30 40 snaps not 60 snaps and then come playoff time he's probably going to go for four touchdowns every game so so the writing's just on the wall I mean should have saw this coming we'll know better next time for next year (laughs) does it feel kind of like not in necessarily a sense because Odo Beckham joined later in the season but an established receiver who just wanted to get that ring and was willing to do whatever it takes comes in the playoffs plays the Super Bowl of his life before he tears his ACL does it kind of feel like that in a sense getting like established quarterback, established team, established culture. Does it kind of feel like that? 
I don't think you could have had a better example right there because what was the narrative going when OBJ was in Cleveland? Washed, he stinks, blah, 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 blah. Comes to the Rams, immediately proves everyone wrong. And I think Julio can be to Mike Evans what OBJ was to Cooper Cup because I think Mike Evans is about to have an absolutely insane season with everyone we mentioned being out. Tom Brady, like he's kind of like, He's not either one of these guys, but Mike Evans kind of reminds me his traits and what Brady likes to throw to. He's kind of like a Randy Moss Gronk hybrid. Doesn't do either one as well, but he'll work the seams. He's really big and physical in the red zone, can take the top off the defense. So I think he has a lot of the traits of what Brady loves to throw to. So look for Mike Evans to be a guy. Fantasy people, don't join my league because I'm taking him. But- <laughs> I think Julio Jones is going to be the perfect complement to that. And especially that mindset going in exactly what OBJ said. He's like, I'm not stepping on any toes. I'm probably going to be the third option. I'm going to torch your number three corner every single play. And we're going to change the narrative. Oh man. Julio gets the number three corner. But anyways, so something that really caught my eye this week, especially doing all this stuff for Clemson is Trevor Lawrence is having quite the start to camp. And you look at back last year, it was the disaster and that big question mark of where the heck is this team going with Urban Meyer? What's the direction? What's the focus? This team feels a little bit more reborn. Doug Peterson coming in. They, everyone's not really on this Christian Kirk signing, but getting those kinds of receivers that can, you can basically take the top of Christian Kirk's been a speedy receiver, something that Trevor Lawrence needs. Completely perfect. I think it was either 16 of 16 or 18 of 18. I know pads yeah. aren't on yet. But the signs and the momentum, it shows that he's been working. All these year two quarterbacks are looking to take a big step. I know you made a video on it. Do you kind of want to explain where your head was at in terms of who's going to take that next big leap? Because guys like Mac Jones, we've probably already seen, he took that leap last year. It's kind of just expecting him to do a little bit better and progress as a quarterback. But guys like Trey Lance, who didn't play much last year, Justin Fields, who struggled under a Chicago team that is not really necessarily the best. And then Trevor Lawrence recovering from the Urban Meyer disaster. Who was your guy to take that next step? Or Zach Wilson, the mother-loving Zach Wilson. Zach, mother-loving Wilson. Okay, <laughs> so I think we're going to uh, disagree on one part, but I think going into this overall, I am very high on Trevor Lawrence to have a season where we're actually realistically going to see for the first time what he actually is. I mean, last year you can almost scratch off. Not only yeah. did he have completely – bottoms down the worst roster in the league but a head coach is everything not only can a head coach get the most out of your guys he can get less out of them too he can make people want to not show up to work every day so I am very very high on Trevor Lawrence Doug Peterson was the perfect signing I think Trevor Lawrence what we saw at Clemson do all those years with the RPO style offense not only kind of have that style of offense get back in kind of simplify things let him just work be the talent he is and then they'll be able to expand on that they're getting ETN back like you mentioned did they get Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, and Evan Ingram for good value? No, no, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't get a good. They didn't get him for good value. But we can't always look at it like that. We have to say this is a lot better than what they had last year, and that's something we can't just completely neglect that. But what I will say, even though I am as high on him, I did wake up a little bit before my alarm clock. Felt no reason to hit the snooze button. Woke up a little perky today. I was like. Boom, there's NFL football. There's gonna be training camp stories. But I had to remind myself from last year, we cannot get too invested in any of this. Because right now, like you said, Trevor Lawrence killed it. 
so did Kyle Rudolph practice and especially day one of training camp you can yeah. only look so far into because it is what it is there's so many other things that go into it and it's practice Trevor Lawrence could have a completely new throwing mechanic that he's trying out for the first time on live body so if he doesn't look great in his completion was he doing third and three do the defense know the looks do is it all does he know the defense is running cover one there's so much you can look into and is I mean, two people that couldn't be more excited for the season, people that make content on the season. I can't wait. I'm wearing a Lions hat. We went 4-0 in the preseason when we went 0-16. <laughs> so even as far as preseason goes in, and even the first few weeks, we're going to want to overreact. And even though I am very high on Trevor Lawrence and what he's going to look like this year, we can't quite overreact to that. I have Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson all kind of like the top upper echelon with what they were last year. Trey Lance kind of being nothing. He only got like one start. But Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, they have the pieces. They have better coaches around them now. And even though their divisions get tougher overall, I really think those two guys in particular are going to take a huge step. And we're really going to start to see if they're a guy or not because – they got themselves a path with how wildly talented they are, but if they're not putting it together, the clock kind of starts to tick. Yeah. Guys like Trevor Lawrence get like a pass. I think he gets the biggest pass of them all because we all realize how much of a disaster. And when you have head coaches kicking players, you have head coaches going to bars and picking up women, stuff like that. You you get a pass. You you get little, everyone's going to be like, all right, let's scratch year one. Like you said. So year two is really that, that, that it year. Can you be that guy? Can you elevate your team? I see Jacksonville and New York, especially Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. They're going to be fun teams to watch. They're going to not necessarily go to the playoffs, win the Super Bowl, but they're going to be teams that show that next step. They kind of remind me of Cincinnati when they initially drafted Joe Burrow. They were a fun team. Now, I think Jacksonville and New York were potentially going to win more than Cincinnati did that year, but I think they're going to be fun, going to potentially be in a lot more games. You're going to see that growth. You're going to see that progress that they've made. I'm excited, man. These future, these quarterbacks, especially really all fascinate me. And of course I'm heavily invested in one of them and Mac Jones, who's yep. done pretty good so far for himself. We'll see how Didn't that leave goes. Foxborough this off season <laughs> looking thin. Does he run a four, four now? Is oh, Mac he, Jones going to come out running a four, four? Uh, he might, you never know. He, he's, he's kind of swole now. He, he, you, you see the picture of him flexing outside the car. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, he's no longer big Mac Jones. He's just. Mac attack or something. We got to find a name for him. I think someone said, oh, I wish I could remember it. Cause I had it in my head. I was like, I got to say this nickname in this segment, but I completely forgot. Oh, cause Mac I, and the, cheese. Mac and cheese, Cam Newton. Thank you, sir. Oh, I got to do a Superman for him. Just an honor of that seven and nine season, but yeah, <laughs> the year two quarterbacks. I'm super, I'm super interested to see how it goes. Cause they just named Trey Lance. There was a little bit of like, Ooh, could Garoppolo come back? But they just named, they pretty much put that to rest. Garoppolo is going to get traded at some point. I think Seattle's that point, but we'll talk about that maybe another time. Something, another, speaking of quarterbacks, another big battle going on in Carolina, Baker mm. Mayfield and Sam Darnold. It's pretty much like dumb and dumber going up against each other. They both have, I think they've had the most interceptions in the NFL, both of them. I think it's like 35 and 38. So Carolina fans, it's looking up from here, but Sam Darnold today went absolutely ballistic. And like you said, we maybe can't take all of this. Maybe Sam Darnold had five little slant touchdowns, easy throws, and Baker was given more of the complex looks. We don't know. But Darnold went ballistic today. Five touchdowns to Baker Mayfield's one interception. Do you have a particular winner of this quarterback battle? And do you see any of these two elevating Carolina to potential 
playoff success. I, it feels weird to say this roster kind of feels incomplete and Matt rule is on thin ice for sure. Oh, absolutely. And that's kind of where I get with like the Carolina thing, because why I think I care so much about this is because of Baker Mayfield's story. He got, I mean, he's very like, he's the, not the sob story, but everyone kind of sides with Baker. Now it's like, yeah, they kind of treated you like crap with the whole Deshaun Watson thing. They kind of forced you out the first quarterback to ever give your team real success. And they kind of treat you like dirt to a guy that's probably not even going to start this year. We don't know. Uh, but kind of signs are looking that way. But I think why we care a lot besides this week one matchup against Carolina, against the Browns, but how much less interesting does that matchup become if it's Sam Darnold versus Jacoby yeah. Brissett? That's kind of, and so that's kind of why I'm in the camp. It's like, do we really care? Do, is either one of these guys, whoever starts, is this going to make Carolina a playoff team? I don't think so. But when it comes down to the battle itself, because that is important, again, I wouldn't look too far into what happened today. Uh, Baker Mayfield just got there a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago. Um, coming off a of shoulder surgery as well. And Sam Darnold, kind of where I'm at with this quarterback debate is I think we kind of know at this point who Sam Darnold is in the league. I mean, whether we like it or not, I just don't think he's ever going to be the guy that we thought he could potentially be. Whereas Baker Mayfield, I'm not sure. So when I look at the future of Carolina, I think that's a lot more important. So if I think Sam Darnold straight out wins this quarterback competition, I don't think that changes the fact that they're going to draft a quarterback the next time they have a high pick. I just don't think, I think they needed offensive line. I don't think, I think they saw into the future that there's going to be better quarterbacks. Maybe this was a kind of a weak draft class in 2022. Uh, but I think with Baker Mayfield, if he can come out and prove that he's the guy, I think he's the better quarterback. It's still unknown because of the injury, because of the horrible situation he had with kind of coaches, a bunch of different coaches. Um, I think he could be their quarterback of the future. If he really sticks this year, maybe Christian McCaffrey stays healthy all this year. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson stays healthy. The defense looks solid the first half of the year last year. I think Carolina has some pieces and I think Baker Mayfield is kind of the one out of these two guys that they could extend for another four or five year deal and be comfortable. Whereas if Baker proves not to be the guy, then I think they're about ready to be move, ready to move on from both of them and start young. Yeah, and there's something interesting about a fresh start and kind of what that brings Baker Mayfield because there was a lot of pressure and a lot of attention with him. There's not much. There's You don't see Colin Cowherd starting his segments with the Carolina Panthers. You don't see Jim, no. Jim Rome starting his se segments with the Carolina Panthers. Baker could bring some of that attention to Carolina, but that fresh start, it's kind of the pressure is off his shoulders. It's kind of – it's almost he's able to reinvent himself there, kind of find a new thing, saying, hey, put that chip on his shoulder – say, hey, they gave up on me. I brought them success. I took them to the playoffs. I was their hope for that guy that had 20 names on his jersey, and they treated me like dirt, and they took me out of it. Yep. Starting Carolina, maybe him and Matt Rule both see it, the, the writing on the wall saying, hey, this could be our last shot, the both of us. Let's go for it. Let's try to make something work, work out of this. I, I think I would be shocked if Baker wasn't starting week one just because of everything you've said and what we know about Sam Darnold, because he could turn around tomorrow and throw five interceptions. That's just who sure. Sam Darnold is. And we'll see. It's a revolving door. And obviously, this is the first couple days of training camp. So maybe in two months from now, it, it won't even matter. So we'll, we'll see how it progresses.
and I would definitely look for more individual stuff, and which kind of scares me for Baker because he I, I just don't get the feeling that Baker's someone that cares about his stats at all. Like if he goes out there and they're down by 17 points in the third quarter, he's gonna start taking some chances knowing that he has to do something to get his team back in the game. I don't think he's gonna be worried about his stats, and so that's what kind of worries me. But we have to look at what he's doing and how he's playing individually because in that NFC South with Tampa, with the Saints, it's gonna be hard to get out of there and make the playoffs so I don't think we can like really judge Baker this year if he is the starter say oh he only won six games with them this year but can we look at is he gonna be their guy like moving forward yeah I I see Baker more at the at the present moment in time as a bridge guy just because of everything that's happened and the kind of the stigma he's got on him but I could also see him taking this next step and just Carolina it's a fresh start it kind of just reawakens something within his game because I think he could really benefit from a guy like Christian McCaffrey being able to run the football, being yep. able to take those, take what the defense is getting you with Christian McCaffrey, maybe a five yard out here, maybe a little quick here, quick there, stuff like that. Christian McCaffrey can make plays with the ball when he's healthy. Key, when he's healthy. Yeah. Hoping for that, especially don't for don't be if, fooled again in fantasy. Do not, please. But I do think not. it's I think it's gonna be good because I really don't think Baker was made for that Kevin Stefanski play action offense. I really think him and Matt Rule being able to spread it out more. That's how he won the Heisman at Oklahoma early on his rookie year when he was putting up great numbers. They were spreading it out. Baker's at his best when he's in gun. He can read the defense, and when he gets the snap, he's reading it. I think he really kind of gets limited in some sense when he has Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, and his play action has his back to the defense. I think that does so much. I think what Baker, like, when he's able to – he can really, like – take over a game he has a big arm I really think that Carolina is going to spread it out and then also be able to get Christian McCaffrey in space too if they're able to do that oh yeah for sure I'm excited for it it makes Carolina interesting which something I haven't been able to say since Cam Newton's prime days I guess in a way but all right are you ready so but this this, regardless regardless he's better than Lamar Jackson that's what I'm seeing on the internet is that the case we got Lamar sucks I don't know who said it Lamar's terrible they they were anonymous for a reason, Jackson. They do not want to be clowned on by everybody. We, we can talk about this real quick because it really made they me upset. have a job in the NFL. And you're saying, I don't care if you win 12 MVPs. It, it's What's like the that, record? Five? I, I don't care if he double. He's not going to be like, just when you hear that, you just have to know how ignorant of a statement that is especially looking at what Lamar did and even saying that off of the year Lamar had like if he had a terrible year I'd be like oh okay but hey like you take away Aaron Rodgers like all of his like receivers Tom Brady all his receivers Patrick Mahomes all his receivers that's pretty much what Lamar Jackson had with a heavy running game no running backs no cornerbacks still able to be the number one seed in the AFC when he was got taken away so to say it after a season like that, where he potentially could have been another MVP like year because it was oh, really yeah. up for grabs up until like the very end, like, come on. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I, I don't know if you're on the same camp where you do think Lamar doesn't deserve some sort of contract, but pay my man, he is it. Lamar, Lamar does something that fascinates me. And I think it's the media fascinates me as well. Cause he's the winningest quarterback at his age. It is absolutely insane that what we've been seeing in the stuff in the media it's it just makes me so mad he's achieved so much and he's done so well with Baltimore MVP won a playoff game this team was the number one seed in the AFC like you said and they were probably the most injury ridden team last year they went through so much adversity and still with Harbaugh with Lamar I believe in them I think they need to pay the guy I think maybe you're worried about injuries but 
if you're not going to pay them, somebody will. And speaking of payments and speaking of contracts, we're going to talk a little bit about a study hall with Marcus Russell. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I think oh. you guys, if you, oh. paying, <laughs> you guys haven't seen it, Kyler Murray had a nice little, uh, clause in his contract where uh, and I actually talked about this in a video I was worried about the contract before and then the day after I posted it that came out about study time having so if you haven't seen the report so Kyler is required by his contract to study whatever film is given to him on this like iPad or something for four hours a week starting I guess now with training camp so he's got to do his homework he's got to um cross the eye cross the t's dot the i's uh he's got to do his biology homework he's got to um multiply he's got to do his timetables you know all that stuff but uh when you see that Jackson when you see if you're a Cardinals fan you see your quarterback having to sign a contract that's worth a lot of money here we're talking 230 million dollars and says in the contract you got to study man what what kind of runs through your mind because it's a little it's almost ridiculous in a way of how this is his job this is his only this is his livelihood and he's still required to do that I know he came out in his press conference and he was saying I think you and I talked about this beforehand about how he's like, hey, I've done all this stuff. You don't think I study film? You're ridiculous. But there's a reason it's in there. There's a reason. And I've, I have never, ever seen this. I, I used to follow this page. They would post stuff that was like really funny things and contracts. They do things to kind of beef up a contract sometimes. So the agent looks like, oh, look what I got him. But it's like, oh, there's $5 million of incentives if you cure COVID. Like, this stuff like that, just to make the deal look a little bit better. This is kind of the opposite. This is legit. <laughs> if he gets caught and doesn't hold up contractually that he's not studying film, he can lose $150 million. It says like the way the contract is laid out, I think it's all his guaranteed money is like up for grabs if he doesn't do this. And so there's a lot of ways to look at this and a lot of ways to think about this. Who is this a good look for? I mean, it's not a good look for the Cardinals because it's like, oh, you're paying a guy 150, 60 million, 220 total for a guy that doesn't even watch film. Like there's stooges that aren't in the NFL that watch film more than that sometimes. Like there's been given days where I've watched over four hours of film in one day. Like, and on Kyler's part, this doesn't look good for him. This wouldn't look good for the Cardinals. This doesn't look good for anyone in the locker room. Like, let's say uh, you're a veteran and you go because the GM last year really went all in on the Cardinals, bring in JJ Watt, bring in all these other guys that help Cardinal. We're all in. We're going to try and win. These guys are putting their bodies on the line, maybe run it back one more year when they wouldn't have. No, our quarterback doesn't know what's going on. Like that's <laughs> so if that's the way to look at it, it's a, not a good look for anyone. But if it's another way where Kyler is kind of like a film monster and he studies a ton. And I mean, obviously initially I would think so for how successful he's been, you can't survive in the NFL based on natural ability alone at this level with where the league's at right now. So a lot of me thinks that he does, And if he does, and that's in the contract, that is so disrespectful to Kyler to not think like he should have animosity towards that contract, but there probably was a reason why I was getting held up. I kind of, I like my head thinks that there's no way Kyler doesn't watch film, but just kind of when the more I think about it, it's like, there's no way this wasn't an issue for them to put it in the contract to negate the entire contract. So I really don't think this is a good look for anyone. Uh, and if you want to look at it like, oh, I accomplished all this stuff without 
watching any film but then the same thing the veterans could be like well imagine how good we could be if you like cared but i don't think that's it i oh i go back and forth on it's just something i have never seen before man (laughs) it's it's truly wild and especially the way they finished last year i know there were some circumstances they got pounced by the rams last year they started seven and oh and finished ten and seven and they got ran out of town in la so already there's some things that concern me about what the cardinals each season it feels like they build something and then it falls apart. Maybe that's a product of the quarterback watching film, not doing enough work. Maybe it's kind of like, oh, I'm motivated at the start, and then it kind of falls off. Oh, I don't need to watch on this day. I'll watch tomorrow, and it just builds up. We're not there. I wish I could be a fly on the wall for that kind of discussion and that meeting of how that clause was put in there. But, hey, we'll see. Maybe Kyler just is like, you know what? I'm going to watch eight hours of film now, and he just wins MVP. Maybe you, you never know. These, these I mean, NFL stories are wild. He was up there. He was up there. Yeah, he was. in those MVP talks early in the year, especially when they were on that role. Actually, yeah. we were talking uh, earlier, speaking about quarterbacks, we were talking about the second year guys. And one of the guys we didn't talk about, and I don't know if that's intentional or if we share a similar viewpoint. Have you heard anything about Justin Fields out of that Chicago Bears camp? Like, what are kind of your expectations for him and this team? Because I mean, what were they doing this offseason? I don't know, dude. I'm a little, it feels, I told this to my brother on the way to the, on the way to the house. I was like, this kind of reminds me of a like Matthew Stafford type of thing where you got a super talented quarterback on the roster, but there's just nothing around him. So when they go four and 13 or five and 12, it's just kind of like, just kind of throw your hands in the air. Just like, well, we tried. It just I feels mean, like Chicago's front office. If you're not there, like as a front office, like look what they did to Trevor Lawrence. Like, Oh, didn't like that coach. We'll bring in a Super Bowl coach. Yeah. All right. We, we probably aren't going to be in the market for these top free agent guys. We will overpay to get you help. We'll get you Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. We'll get you another first round draft pick in ETN. We'll get you Evan Ingram, another tight end option. Even though these aren't the best, they're like, all right, we are all in on you. At least they're and trying. Then, <laughs> yeah. Justin Fields. It's like, Hey, your number one receiver, Allen Robinson get him out of here oh we have a couple uh draft picks the first one uh linebacker safety uh out of here oh we'll, we'll draft a 25 year old that i mean i love valus jones but like you got like at that point i still think on the board there was like greg dulcich um trey mcbride still might have been there by the two first oh. two bears picks so just get like a tight end get an offensive lineman like like it's kind of even though it's like that might not have been the most need like they maybe they really needed a safety and linebacker but just kind of like to show like your young quarterback it's like hey we're all in on you like yeah go do your thing like they, I didn't see any of that and that's why I'm kind of a little worried for how things are going to be painted about Justin Fields because he's not in a position to thrive this year not at all but you know what that is going to do it for today uh super excited we have tons of things to talk about as the NFL season continues to progress we're back so exciting. Jackson, you have any more final thoughts before we wrap up the show today? No, oh, man. The air feels good. I even woke up. There was a little bit of a breeze today, a little chilly. <laughs> I was like, all right, it's, it is football season. I'm ready. I got my baby Duke right here. Uh, the baby NFL ball sleeping with it last night. It is officially season. <laughs> Couldn't be congratulations on the Clemson sports.com internship again. Sir. And I cannot wait to see what you have in store for us for your episode 100. Yes. And guys get my guy Jackson to 15,000 subscribers yet again. He has been grinding this summer. He has been doing a lot of creative video stuff that nobody's talking about. It's honestly insane. It's a good watch. He's engaging. He's got a lot of film to back up his points. 
should check them out. I'll just leave them in the description below on all the platforms. Guys, thanks for watching. As always, subscribe and leave us a five-star review if you enjoy what you see. We got episode 99 coming, potentially a special guest. We're getting that worked out right now. And then episode 100, it's going to be a nice one, guys. Thank you as always. Take care and have a great day.